Well, hello again. This is Richard Spangler with Lions Voice Ministries, and today we're going to be looking at the uh, definition of what is a king and uh, what does it mean for us in our day-to-day living as believers and what it means to be a royal priesthood. We're looking at specifically 1 Peter 2, 9, where it says in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation to God's own purchase special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfection of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light in conjunction with that exodus 19 verses 5 through 6 say um, and again in the amplified now therefore if you obey my voice in truth and keep my covenant then you shall be my own peculiar possession a treasure from among all the people and for all for all the earth is mine and you shall be a kingdom of priests a holy nation consecrated set apart to the worship of god these are the words you shall speak to Israel. Uh, very interesting that the definitions of what goes on here. We find the definition of a king in, in, in a kingdom is one belonging to a king. Uh, it literally means it can mean the word king in Hebrew can mean a person whether he's male or female, man or woman. It does not differentiate. Very interesting that God puts this into place at a time where there were women were not in leadership roles, were not allowed to be leaders in 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 this culture. And in most cultures, women were a rarity to have to lead the nation. So here we have God pre-setting in place that women can lead women can can to in saying to it, it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman they can be chosen to lead which are can be put in a place of kingship to lead um in, in the hebrew it also means a high-ranking person in the community uh, a man who's in charge of a kingdom that's very simple in the ancient in the ancient greek we look at it uh uh, it basically says the same uh, a male f- of a royal family who is supreme ruler over a nation and royalty means that you're connected to the king your royal regal an officer who serves the kings the king's country are belonging to the king kind of an interesting thing um, and then we look at the definition of a priest which we'll talk about in a few minutes also just to get this out is a man who officially represents God to the people he serves, in instructing them about God and his laws. Priests also represented the people before God offering sacrifices as he was interceding and pleading for the people. So here we have the two definitions that we want to look at at this point. Uh, The kingship belonging to God is what this is saying. We are a royal priesthood. We are kings. We have the authority of the king. We're part of the kings. We belong to him. And when he we go as his representatives, we have his authority, his power. A king can be male or female. So we can, as kings and queens, you can say we have a royal priesthood made up of men and women, both serving God. So therefore, we have we have and in one in in some modern translation, king means uh, can represent truth, spiritual truth. And or it can also represent the law, and then the priest is also again a one who spreads the the word, who teaches others about God. So here we have the two words coming together, a king and a priest into a royal priesthood, which means we as believers have the authority 
of royalty. We have the authority of the king whom we serve. We are each individually can be kings to rule over certain things, and by rule over, it means it's part of what we do. It's part of our territory. It's who, like you, you and then we have the priesthood, which is t- worshiping God, connecting with God, attending to God, listening for God's voice, and then we also have sharing out what God has given to us, bringing the people to God and explaining who God is and bringing them to that they also can worship God. So in this context, we have a two-fold um, ministry, as it were. We represent God with authority and power, but we also represent God to the people as as the God who loves, and you you teach the people about God. You teach the people about the one true king. Uh, an example of this, probably the best example I can think of is in the Chronicles of Narnia, where the three children are crowned kings over Narnia. How do you have three kings? They all served under the king, Ashlon, which was in this case was Jesus. So you have Jesus as the king and kings under him, rulers of certain territories, ruling territory in unison with with the king of kings. And that's the way we're supposed to be. We have kingship. We have kingship, a physical kingship, a spiritual kingship. We are to rule and reign. We are to exercise God's authority wherever we put our foot. Literally, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Wherever we are, we are to exercise who we are in God. We are to have the authority of a king. We are to be able to speak to those spiritual matters and by being in the kingship to the natural matters. We are to speak to both. And we are to establish the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, God's nation on the earth. We represent him. We're part of his family. We're part of who we belong to him. And we are given instructions just like any other officer of the court. We are given off we are given authorization, power and authority to execute the laws of the king and to tell people about the king, to tell people about the king's love for them, about his care for them. A king is supposed to not only rule, but he's supposed to do for the benefit of the person that's being ruled. So here we have God Almighty giving us instructions for the benefit of the people. We are to go and teach them about God for the benefit of the people, not the benefit of ourselves. We know we have been brought into the kingdom. We are part of him. It's for our benefit in one sense, but it's also to be of benefit to the people that we are around, to show them who God really is, to teach them about God, to encourage them to come to God, and to learn of his level on their own, as as their own, to become part of the kingdom, to be, belong to him. And when you belong to him, you have access to all of everything that the king has. You have access to the authority. You have access to the throne room. You have access to other parts of the palace, if you want to want to put it that way. Here we are in a position to take petitions to the king for the people. We're we're in a position uh, as a as a priest to take to help people connect with God through petition. The people people who don't know God petition God, and we help them 
bring that petition to God. When they're coming to know Jesus, we are the connecting point. We are that connector. We've taught them about God. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be teaching them about Not in condemnation, not in guilt, but in love. We're introducing them to a God of love. The God who loves them, but is also a king who has eternal laws and eternal rules for us to follow, but they're for our benefit. You know, it's amazing that God's laws, even the dietary laws in the Old Testament, are now being proved out to be correct things to do. You, you, you learn that you don't want to really eat a lot of pork. It's not healthy for you. you. You don't want to eat shellfish because it's not healthy for you. In those days, it was a matter of not being able to be properly prepared, the food. But God also knew there was a health issue there beyond what they could comprehend. So he put in those dietary laws uh, um, where you couldn't mix things certain things but you and you couldn't eat certain things because the intrinsic fact was that if you ate those things and in the way they had to be prepared in those days you'd get sick today if you eat too much pork you wind up with some heart problems uh, and some other issues with clog, clogged arteries and other things that come up if you eat too much seafood the same thing happens too much shellfish particularly um that's the reason for the dietary laws they were there to protect the people from harm god loved them so much that he wanted to protect them and somewhere along the line it got it got lost (laughs) that protection of god for your safety for your health and wholeness and when he was wanting people to eat honey honey is one of the most healthy foods there is if they stay you can live off of honey you make it tired of it, but you can actually live off it. It's got everything you need in it. Basically, almost everything's in that honey. And then also, protein was another important thing that he had people eat. The beef, uh, chicken, you know, things of that nature that were healthy, that could be prepared in a healthy manner. So we see the God of the universe, the God who loves us, coming to his, to his representatives and saying, Here's what you tell the people, and it's for their good. That's under the Old Testament. Now, under the New Testament, of course, it does. We we can the dietary laws were, were everything was fulfilled in Christ. So we can eat things that we that that they, but we shouldn't eat them because they're not healthy. That basically that's that's the point there. But the fact is, God comes to us and says, "If you do this, I will bless you. If you do this, you have the penalty of sin." And the penalty of sin is death. I heard uh, Gordon Robertson say every time, it's an amazing little comment, just one of those little things you pick up. He says, but every time you sin, you die a little bit because the wages of sin is death. So if you sin a lot, you die quicker. If you sin a little, it's, it's a little bit of death. It's a little cut. It's also a separation from God. But God also said he will restore us. That's what the whole purpose of Jesus coming. He laid down his kingship to come and restore us to him. To bring us back into fellowship with him. And we have been given the authority and the power to show signs and wonders. To move in the Holy Spirit. And to tell others of the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. To teach them that God is not a God of hate. Of anger, of being mad with them, but he's a God of love who wants to do the best for them, who wants to show them his ways, 
who wants them to walk with him in relationship, to become part of the house, to become part of the royal family, to have all the rights of a royal, of a royal, but also under submission to God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we need to understand that it comes true in our own nation. And there's a point in the, in, in the teaching about kingship that kings were supposed to do, to care for the people and do what is best for the people. They were supposed to be centered on the people, not on themselves. Sadly, today we have a lot of people leading our country and other countries in the world that are centered on themselves. They're centered on me, myself, and I. They're centered on what they can get out of it, how long they can maintain their power. And democracies has become a real thing in this country, in our republic. Our nation is a republic, which is different. It's a representative republic, and we elect leaders. We elect people to represent us. Sadly, uh, most of the time, people who we elect uh, may go in with the intention of being representing us as the people and they are seduced by the power they are seduced by the money they are seduced by that lifestyle and they're sucked into it and they become the very thing that they were supposed to be fixing so when we get leaders we need to pray for them that they will remain true to their calling and their calling is to serve the people and to do what's best for the person That's what a king does. A king is supposed to do what is best for his people. He's supposed to protect them. He's supposed to keep them safe. And he's supposed to give them the ability to create. He's supposed to promote creativity and intellectual debate and discussion. Not shut discussion down. Not call people names. Not... And we have a lot of name-calling going on. I'll just put it that way. I'm just going to drop that one in there. It's time for that to stop. And it's time for the leadership of our nation to stop giving lip service to God when they want to be elected and telling the people, I I serve God, I love God, at the election file, at the ballot box, and the next day they're going about doing everything but what God would call them to do. And that's taking care of the people. That was one of the concepts of the American Revolution. The king was supposed to take care of the people and do what was best for the people. The king at the time, the king of England, was taxing people, was levying heavy taxes, was requiring them to keep keep troops in their home, whether they want them there or not. A lot of things were going on uh, in the way of servitude and not caring about the effects on the people that led to the American Revolution and led to us being a desire to be free. And it's all based in the Bible. It's all based there biblically. The, the, the Constitution was based on the Bible, was based on the Constitution of the Kingdom, which we talked about in our series recently. The fact remains we are called to be a a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We were called out of darkness, and we are to light the way back. We are to be lights set upon a hill, to light the way for people to come back. We are to not put our light under a bushel and hide in our houses. We are to be out there proclaiming the gospel, not much as much as word, but by our life by our life and allowing God to flow through us taking the authority of the Holy Spirit and you, that has been given to us by God and using it 
using the gifts that he's given us, the giftings, your talents, your giftings, everything for the glory of God, because you belong to the king. You belong to the ruler of the universe. You belong, he is your father. You are a part of the royal house. And that declaration goes forth now to each one of us. Kingship, rulership belongs to us under the king of kings. And we are to we are to extend the authority of the King of Kings wherever we go, whatever place we step down. In, we are to intercede. We are to share Him with others. We are to share Him with the people who don't know Him, who are walking around under the misconception and the lies of the devil, and in the lies of society, saying God's a big angry being sitting up in heaven with a stick ready to whack you over the head if you do something wrong. And he's waiting, just waiting for the opportunity to condemn you to hell. That's as far from the truth as it can possibly be. God loves people. We're to share that love of God with people. We are to share his love with them. And help them understand that God wants the best for them. They want him to move. They want you to follow him. They're wanting you to work mightily, to work with, to come into his kingdom, to be a part of who he is. To learn to love and to share love. That's what we're about. We represent the king as royalty. We represent the king as priest. We rec- with the combination of the two is a, a, a dynamo that cannot be stopped. Once you realize the authority that God has given you, you don't need to worry about, oh, the devil's going to beat me up if I say something. Don't worry about it. God's got you. God says he's got you protected. Psalm 91 says he hides us under the shadow of his wings, which means we're right there by his side, underneath his arm, right where we can hear his heartbeat and hear his whispers. We know what to do. And God says when we're in that place, he keeps evil far from us. He can keep evil far from us. We just have to tune in to hear him, obey him, and move with him. And to move with him in love. Move with him in power. Move with him. When he says move, move. When he says stay, stay. Trust him to guide and direct you. Trust him to give you the right words to say to that person who needs to know him. That's our opportunity. That's what we're to be about here on the earth. We we are to use the authority that God has given us as his representatives, as his children. To use his authority as to bring people into the kingdom of God, to bring them into God's love and to have a relationship with him. So exercise your kingly authority. Exercise your authority as a royal. Exercise your authority as a priest. Go forth and do the work of the ministry. Go forth sharing the love of God, bringing people in connection with him. Understanding that you are a king who rules underneath the king of kings. You are a royal person. You are a royal person, but your royalty is established by the King of Kings, like the children in the Chronicles of Narnia. And if you have not read it, it's a C.S. Lewis book. It's a great story. They, they sit on three thrones. They are each one kings, but they are under the King of Kings, and they work in concert with the King of Kings to rule Narnia together and to have Narnia in a place of peace. That's what God wants for us. We are to rule, we are to our kingship comes from him, and we are to work in concert with him and with each other, not lauding over each other, not trying to take territory from each other, but working together with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to bring peace 
to man and reconciliation of man with God and bring peace to the earth. That's our charge. That's what we're to do. And that means praying for those people in authority. Even when they're doing wrong, pray for them. Pray that God will touch their hearts. Use your authority to pray. And then use your authority as a person in this country that has rights to vote to vote for those who will obey God and who will do, uh, who are living biblically-based lives, who are, who are following the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because when you have people in righteousness, it goes well with the people. The nation prospers. When we don't have righteousness, the nation suffers. And we're seeing that repeatedly over and over again. This nation has suffered much when we have the wrong people in charge. But it's up to you to hear God's voice on who's supposed to be there. Not some person saying, I love God, I love God. And the next day, they're out doing the exact opposite of what God would have them to do. Let me pray for you. Father God, we come right now. Lord, we thank you that you said that we are a royal priesthood. We are part of your house. We belong to you. We are part of your family. We are we are royals. We are established here to rule under you. You are the ruler. You are the ultimate king. And we have your authority flowing through us as, as your children, as your princes and princesses on the earth, to take authority over the enemy, to speak and change things, to use the authority that you've given us to proclaim the gospel. And to, our main first priority is to share it with people. Lord, fill our mouths. Lord, fill our hearts. Cause us to walk in your presence and your, that your glory would radiate out of us and that we would be seen as different a peculiar people and people would be drawn to us to learn why we're peculiar and that they would be drawn to us and they would hear the authority like when you spoke on the Sermon on the Mount they were amazed at the authority Lord let us flow in that same authority so when we speak they will not only hear but they will listen and they will receive you in Jesus name Amen and Amen Well, God bless you. Until next time, again, remember I have my books on Amazon.com, Adventures in the Spirit, A Series of Prophetic Vision, my first book, the second book, uh, The Covenants and the Fire. Please take advantage of those books. Uh, Order them today. You'll find them a real blessing. And also, if you'd like to support this ministry, I have a cash app, and it's... um, it's my. You can find me easily on the Cash App. I just just put in my name, Richard Spangler, and you'll see me there. And I would love to have have you have an opportunity to, to thank you for supporting this ministry. So God bless you, and you have a wonderful and blessed day. Bye bye.